From the Spec Network, this is Fragmented, an Android developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better Android developers. I'm Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. Very often, Kaushik and I are asked a very similar question. And so while I'm not going to speak for him, I know that he shares similar sentiments that I have as well. And the question that we get asked very often is, which pattern should I use when developing my app? Should I use the MVP pattern? Should I use MVVM? Should I use MVI? Should I use MVRX? Should I use some other MV variant, uh, which there are seem to be always a new one popping up now and then. But which one should I use when I'm starting my new project? Or should I attempt to go with something that's not based on any of these and kind of try something all on my own? Well, the answer is actually a pretty easy one. And I'll kind of give you the TLDR here, and if you want to keep listening, you can. But the TLDR basically is use what works best for you. Now, if you're a proponent of the MVVM pattern, and that's just what you happen to love, then use the MVVM pattern. If for whatever reason you really love the MVP pattern, then use the MVP pattern. And if you really love MVI or any other weird variant, MVRX or other a wild combination of various different libraries, then I advise that you use those things. Now this question is usually thrown to us from people who are of various skill levels, different points in their career, and their projects are also at different phases. And so the question can also be phased uh, very differently too. Like, hey, um, we have a very legacy project. It's eight or nine years old. We had kind of just a smattering of just typical Android with fragments and activities, uh, a couple of custom views here and there. And that part of the application, which is maybe the registration system, is all built with this legacy code. We wanted to try uh, MVI. So we learned how to do MVI, and now we have this other two or three features written in MVI. And now we're on kind of this new phase and this new kick of where we're kind of eliminating fragments for whatever reason. And we're kind of going with an approach where it's kind of like a MVRX approach for whatever reason. And it's not using fragments, you know, or that's maybe that's where they would like to go. And they ask, how do I get there? Um, this is also a very common scenario. And in this type of instance, I'm going to, again, say the same exact thing. Whatever works best for you, use that. Now, this does come with a little bit, little bit of problems and legacy code because inside of your application, if you've gone from one pattern to another pattern to another pattern, and you haven't gone back to fix those old screens, those old different features, then what you're going to run into is kind of a a lot of tribal knowledge that's buried within the code base that your more senior or more experienced developers have on the team. Uh, and then when new developers join, they may be, let's say you're using MVI as your new pattern of choice. Let's say you're using MVI, they get used to building features in MVI. Whatever reason, you have to go update that old code that's an MVP pattern. 
all of a sudden they're over there. It's really confusing. They don't know how to use the MVP pattern or they don't know that weird variant that you've created internally because there always seems to be about three different, four different, 14 different variants of the MVP pattern. You'll end up with kind of a smattering of just hodgepodge, legacy, messy code. So that's one of the things that Kaushik and I have also talked about a lot on the show, just being consistent. And sometimes it's important to be consistent just for consistency's sake. And what I mean by that is if you're going to stick with a pattern, it might be better off for you and your team and the longevity of the project and code base to stick with that pattern for the long term until you can fully commit to moving over all of your application to a new you know, pattern or principle or something like that or design pattern. Uh, and the reason is because you want to be consistent and you don't want to create these weird silos of your code bases or your code base that's, hey, this piece over here is in one pattern, this one's over here in another pattern. Because eventually what you're going to run into, if you haven't already, are these weird scenarios where you have to make both of these different pieces talk to each other. Now, if they were both using the MVP pattern, it would be easy. If they were both using the MVI pattern, it would be easy. If everything was using the MVVM pattern, if that's what you're using uh, for now, it would be easy. And then what you'll find is they're, you know, disparate type of systems. They don't really communicate that well. So what you end up either doing is, A, you refactor the old code into the new code, which if your company and your team uh, can afford that in regards to time and engineering, that's fantastic. If not, then what you're going to find is a very common thing, which is you're going to create a little shim in the middle that allows you to communicate with the old feature and the new feature. And that shim might be an interface or something like that. Basically, it's a, an adapter pattern. It's going to adapt the calls from one screen to another screen, and it's going to allow you to kind of test and easily perform communication between both of those different features. Now, what do I recommend? Of course, I'm going to recommend that you stick with a common pattern. So if you're going to go from MVP pattern, you can go to MVVM, well, then try to migrate your old MVP stuff to MVVM. However, that's simply just not pragmatic in today's business world. There's going to be a lot of instances where you realize that you really love the MVP pattern, but it's limited for whatever reason. I'm not saying it's bad. I still like the MVP pattern. In fact, I like all the patterns for their own different reasons. But whatever you and your team decide on, you want to make sure that when you do abandon that old pattern, that you either have some way to either upgrade that old code through some type of upgrade path. Uh, And this is kind of seen very common in the Java to Kotlin conversion, where you leave all of your old code in Java. And then eventually, as you touch it, you just migrate it to Kotlin as you touch it. And slowly but surely, it makes its way to Kotlin. The same can be said about migrating between patterns. Hey, I'm going to go from MVP to MVVM. Furthermore, this can be taken a step further. If your application has no pattern whatsoever, and it's kind of just traditional Android, you've got a 10,000 line activity file and all these crazy fragments, then at that point, you can start refactoring as you move into old pieces of code, and you can create that into whatever pattern you're using it, MVP, MVVM, whatever. Now, one of the things that you want to do when you are migrating in between these patterns and you are deciding upon a new pattern is to make sure that you're doing it with testability in mind. And if you don't have any tests, I highly advise the first test that you write is going to be an espresso test because an espresso test is going to be an end-to-end test that's going to allow you to test out your application, how it should be seen from a user's perspective. So if you want to move to a legacy system, let's say to the MVI pattern, 
get a couple of espresso tests around that entire feature that exercise the core components of the feature. If you're wondering, well, hey, I don't know how to mock out the database. Uh, excuse me, I don't know how to mock out the API calls. Well, look into mock web server or look into wire mock or look into hoverfly or kind of mock out your own low-level API stuff. Um, but those are going to be a couple of valid options. Maybe you have to work with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or some of these built-in system things. At that point, you might want to create wrappers around those with an interface so you can kind of mock out those interactions. Say it's Bluetooth, you want to get the, you know, a scan for devices and you want to see what happens when it returns zero devices or it runs into an exception or 50 devices. If you wrap it with an interface, you can easily do that and it'll be much easier to test. So that's really what I'm getting at here is you want to make sure you have a test because as you're refactoring that old code into a new new design pattern, that test is going to allow you to verify if you've broken any behavior. Uh, now, if you don't have the ability to kind of clean out those API calls, you want to make sure you're using a test user, hopefully hitting a staging server. But note, if you do this, these tests are going to be super flaky because the network is going to go down. There's going to be latency. For whatever reason, the emulator is not going to connect to the network. All these things are going to happen. So if you can, you'll want to go ahead and remove as much variability and outside influence from these tests as possible. And usually I advise at least starting off without mocking out the API. Again, look at mock web server. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. There's actually a course on caster.io by Chuki Chan on mock web server. Uh, and then there's also a tool called WireMock, which I've seen various companies use extensively to basically mock out their your API calls. And then if you're using something like retrofit, you could also perhaps just inject your own kind of retrofit interface or something like that returns mock data. I know some companies have done that. Now, again, if you are perhaps starting out from the beginning and you don't have any code, you don't have anything to refactor, well, then you still do want to keep testing in mind. Um, you can start with your espresso tests. I always advise those because they are exactly what the end user is going to see and it's how the end user is going to interact. Um, so always have some of those. Um, I do place the value on end-to-end -end tests much higher than I do with integration and unit tests because, again, that's exactly how the user is going to interact with your app. The user doesn't care if your application's unit tests and integration tests pass. In fact, they don't care your end-to-end -end tests pass, but the end-to-end -end tests are going to emulate the real user behavior much more than anything else. Um, you also, you will run out want to write unit and integration tests for any of the features that you do build as well. So really what it comes down to in that case is just, hey, make sure you have some type of test coverage around your application. So to recap here, if you're developing a new app, maybe you have a legacy app, maybe you're building even a new feature, something like that. What pattern should you use? Use the one that you feel the most comfortable with. If you're not sure, then what? If you're not sure because you've never used any of these patterns, what I recommend you do is go out and create a simple to-do based application. Now, the reason why I say a to-do based application, and everyone usually groans like, oh, I hate the to-do to list application. The reason why I say that is because the to-do list application is a very useful exercise in determining what your application, you know, specific details are. All right, I need to talk to an API. I need to talk to a database. I need to put some data on a screen. I need to read from a database or read from an API. I need to have input fields. I need validation. It provides all these things. And you're going to realize real quick, like, oh, I need a dependency injection container. I need um, whatever one you decide to use. It's, you know, if you want to use Dagger or Coin or Coding, whatever, use whatever you want. Um, you're going to help determine, you know, which pattern you like to use if you implement the same thing multiple times. 
Um, and then you're going to immediately know like, hey, I really like the MVVM pattern for whatever reason, or I really love MVI. It just really makes sense to me because I can, you know, emulate all the exact states at any given time and replay things. Uh, or maybe it's just, hey, I like the simplicity of the MVP pattern and we're going to roll with that. If that's the case, find one that works for you and continue on working with it and then implement it as you go. And then if you determine later on that it's not working for you or you want to migrate to a new one, make sure you have tests and migrate it as soon as you can and at least have a migration path plan in place. So when you do migrate from one basic design pattern to another, you know how to get your entire application to that new point. I hope that helps. That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit and produce all the episodes here on Fragmented. Sarah the Amazing Jackson from the Spec Network helps with production assistance and wraps our final mix. Our theme and ad music is by the national recording artist Blueprint from Weightless Recordings. You can find more Fragmented episodes at fragmentedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.